What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome back, All the Smoke, Season 4 in L.A. I've been waiting for this one. He came and did, uh, what was it, What's Burning, and has stories, but we couldn't really elaborate. Today, we're going to get to elaborate. Yep, interview him. Man, four-time champ, played with some of the greatest players ever to live. Welcome to the show, John Sally. Thank you. What's up, up, bro? bro? Young fella. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? How's life? I see you have uh, John Sally's block party coming soon. Is that like Chappelle's block party? Is your shit different? What is it? You know, in 2000 and. Five. Are we I took, hosting? Yeah, I took over for. Okay. Uh, you're about to uh, <laughs> <laughs> on your own show. No, uh, I took over for Steve Harvey in the morning in radio. So I called the John Sally Block Party, but then I registered 
that name because I just knew, you know, after TV One did what they were going to do, I was going to, I I know television is constantly moving, so I kept it. And so I was doing the John Sally, uh, the blockchain, you know, talking about crypto. So I just kept the block party and I bought it back because it's more than just crypto. It's more than just the blockchain. There's, it's conversations on health. There's conversation with music. I got Bumby, Chuck D, Raphael Sadiq. Mm. Uh, and then I got like legends like uh, Frank Bukowski yeah. from, the, uh, from Seattle and from San, uh, San Antonio. He choked me. He got hit by Dennis and jumped up and choked me. And I was like, Brick, it's I'm me. The, I'm the wrong black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't all look alike. His lips <laughs> are entirely different. Uh, <laughs> entirely. That, that bottom lip is just not, it's not human. I don't know how he never had a busted lip. Like, as much as he like put his face places, it, it should just be blood everywhere, but mm. it's not. Um, I love D-Rod. Uh, and that's it. I just decided... You know, I, I started back, it was Spider and the Henchman in 2011 on Adam Carolla's network. And we were getting mad numbers, but, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just having fun. Right. And then I started seeing I was getting a million views, and I didn't know what that meant. You know, now I know right. how much that means. You've always really been big in the entertainment space. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking the, not too long ago, when we came into... or the league, it was less talk about business. It was more about cars, women, jewelry, that kind of shit. You came in the league way before, so I, who no telling what that conversation was like, but what? Weed, cars. Same thing. <laughs> women. So when, when did the business of basketball strike you? Because you were one of the early, as far as I see, like started doing movies, TV, yeah. shows. I, uh, I, I played in the NBA just to get into the movies. That's, that's what, <laughs> that's that's what magic. Hey, listen, I'm an O.J. Simpson fan, Fred Williamson. Um, I, I was a, I'm a big movie fan. And then I said, I, I want to do movies. And what I realized is that athletes, in order to get in front of the TV, Joe Namath, you, you had, you know, if you won and you came to Hollywood, they would put you on shows. That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but I, 1989, I came in the lead in 1986, 1989, they gave me the microphone at the All-Star game in Houston. And I walked in the locker room, like for the slam dunk, right before the slam dunk competition. And the security wasn't going to stop me. And inside stuff was just like on mm. me. And, you know, I'm with Ron Harper and, you know, when he's snapping, he don't stutter. Like when, <laughs> so I got him, I got Dominique, and I just said, man, I like this. This is mm-hmm. the easiest way of doing things is to literally be in front of the camera. Then I was friends with Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence, and I, I came out here and I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. I mean, you you mentioned both their names. Uh, this is a little later in the show, but let's get to it now. The the, the character you played on Bad Boys. And, yeah. And how did that happen, and what was that experience like? Well, I was in Miami, and <laughs> and they told me that they were downtown, and I went downtown. And I met uh, I pissed off Martin really quick. You didn't know him yet? No, I was. This is my man. Okay. But he was engaged to this girl, and um, named Pat. She was Miss Virginia. Fine. She still is fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> she used to be married to Emmett Smith. And then she okay. no longer went. But my, and he said, Sal, I meet my girl. And I looked and I said, y'all got a prenup? And he got 
pissed automatically. So he's we don't know. You just say crazy shit. Well, Sinbad said it to me. I said, "Hey, this is my fiance." He said, "Y'all got a prenup?" Mm. Like he didn't. He said, "You know, get the business out of the way because it is a business contract." Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife has been chief of staff for twenty nine years now. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she manages a small village, yeah. uh, but then I we walking upstairs. And he, man, you don't say that in front of my girl. Man, embarrass me like that, and all these people. I was like, I don't care about those people. You, you know, I'm asking you a question that Sinbad asked me. And then when we get up to set, the the director is yelling and screaming, and we're walking. And I said, Who's that? He goes, Ah, oh, young director. And he's screaming and yelling. And I go, yo, who's that screaming over there? And he busts through the door. And it was Michael Bay. And Michael mm-hmm. Bay shot my commercial for Nike. And he was like, oh, what's up, man? I said, hey, you're directing? Yeah. I said, I heard you yelling. And I knew that voice. And he goes, Martin, he's funny. We should put him in a movie. He said, you're the director. And he said, you got a sad card? I said, yeah, I got a sad card. I don't know what a sad card is. <laughs> yeah, I got a sad card. Any kind of card you want. I got platinum. I got gold. <laughs> and then uh, he said, yeah, all right, we're going to get in touch with you. And when they got in touch with me for Bad Boys, I got there. He said, so you're going to play this nerd. And while, and these are the lines, and we're talking as we're going through the lines and we're walking. He was like, uh, put these glasses on. And I put the glasses on. And then he goes, hey, rip his sleeves down. And he was like, all right, uh, handcuff him. I was like, what? And he knew how he was going to shoot it. He knew what he was going to do with the camera. Angles. Now, I've been friends with Spike Lee since college. Spike ain't never, he put a basketball movie and didn't put me in. Mm-hmm. So to get in this movie, I'm, I'm sitting around and I'm thinking, I can't curse in my first movie. And I got to be a nerd. I can't, you know, like, like Steve would say, I got to be myself. Yeah. So <laughs> I got I to gotta act like I do right. no computers. I was like, let me do what I do. And... You know, it was $477, that went to my SAG because I didn't pay my dues. But that's, a, that's another story. <laughs> we don't need to. Actors Guild for those who don't know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about it. I did a commercial, so I was in SAG, but I didn't, I, I worked it that way. But then that was it. After that, it was Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. Then it was, then I got on NBC. I just kept wanting to be in front of it. And I got blessed with the best damn sports show. Mm. Let's talk about your upbringing in NYC in Brooklyn. What was yeah. that like? Uh, I'm a Jehovah Witness kid that, you know, helps rob people. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not, you know, knocking on your door. Uh, no, I was, uh, I played with the greatest coaches. My first coach was Bonnie Davis. Uh, he's recovering from cancer right now. And then Ted Gussis, who I still talk to to this day. Um, Jerry Perlmutter was my high school coach. And I just... You know, I was a kid from Brooklyn, and if you know anything about New York, you stay in your borough. Mm-hmm. And I was playing for Dittmas All-Stars. Then the Gauchos with, with the great Gil Reynolds, who had Bernard King, Sid Green, and uh, Albert King. And then I, me and Pearl Washington, the great Pearl, we went up to the Bronx to play with the Gauchos, which was a feat in its own, you know, getting on the train and going outside the borough. And when I started playing for Gauchos, I was with Don Marbury, Steph Marbury's older mm-hmm. brother, Henry Hamm, Andre, Andre uh, Irvin, like this, this great, great players from all over the city. So I played in every park except Rucker. And the reason I didn't play in the Rucker was because I didn't want to run across a kid and dunk on me and I lose all my reps. So that's exactly all I did. 
When did hoop come into play, though? How tall were you? When, when did you stretch out? Well, I started drinking toxic waste. Uh, <laughs> I, I always say that, man. I, I was six when Eric Jones' father had the perfect afro, pork chop sideburns. He was watching a Knicks game. He was like, man, basketball players get all the money and all the women, and they got the best clothes. And I never forgot that. Never. And at 12, my mom didn't let me play, so I was in the park all day by myself. Mm. Uh, everybody else had gone to play with Dipman. So I look at it as from 12, I said, at 18, I got to go. So I got six years to become the best. So I... I 12 years old, and that was it. And then when I was 14, my brother, you know, Magic Johnson had just gone pro. And he goes, you going to go pro at 19? He said, how old are you? Uh, 14. He said, 14, about to be 50? You going to go pro? And I just sat there, you know, I got to go pro in four years. That's my mentality. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it was college. And I was like, I'm going to stay three years. And I stayed four years, which was the blessing, because I got to go to Detroit. But... From 12 years on, I was I played basketball, I think, from 15 to 18 every single day, whether it was snowing or not. Mm. So I was dedicated. Anything else besides basketball? <clears throat> you just play basketball? Yeah, I try to do comedy. I didn't try to do comedy. You know, I'm going to tell you, I used to listen to Richard Pryor albums quietly and, and try to mimic every sound Richard made. And then I would watch Flip Wilson... And uh, but Richard Pryor, I would every every album I can possibly listen to a Richard Pryor, uh, Dick Gregory, you know we had albums then. They didn't, you know, they didn't have that like Yeah, you had to listen to the comedy album. Uh, Bill Cosby, I still got the albums too. So I would listen to them to learn timing. Um, I knew I wanted to do, but I, I just kept growing. I kept getting taller and taller. And everybody's you know in L.A. is below five eleven, but. Uh, I, I still did it. I, I I got my comedy timing to a point. I was just telling them last night they need to go watch Which Way's Up. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, that, Which Way's Up is <laughs> is Richard Pryor at his best. Uh, Georgia Tech, you get a chance to play with Mark Price um, going over to Atlanta. What was that like? Well, <laughs> when I visit Georgia Tech, it was Super Bowl weekend. And they were, they were mm. cleaning the streets. And I ain't never seen that. It was Super Bowl weekend in Atlanta? In Atlanta. Okay. And I think it was Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, I think it was. And they and Georgia Tech was playing against North Carolina, against Michael and them they, the year after they won the championship. Uh, and I that was it. I was like, I'm coming to Atlanta. I, told, I saw everybody had a job. Uh, everybody at Delta were black. Everybody <laughs> grabbing your bag was black. Everybody at the hotel was black. I got to upstairs, called my mom's, and I said, I'm going to Georgia Tech. She says, how's the school? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but black people got jobs in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going here. Uh, and then school was, I went to school year round. I, everyone else, you oh, know, really? took the, yeah, I didn't take the summer off. I played in the summer league and I went to class. Uh, I had a plan. I still got a plan. It ain't working, but I, I got it. <laughs> what was your name on uh, Bad Boys? Uh, Fletcher. I named Fletcher. my father. Yeah. Yeah. Fletcher for the yeah. rest of the time. Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah, right. Hey, man. Jordan Tech was on quarter set. It was hard, man. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take uh, 
five classes a quarter. Like the way y'all are doing it, piling it up in the nah, nah, you ain't gonna not gonna I'm not gonna live that life. I'm gonna I I gotta go over to Spelman and clock and, and enjoy myself. Got some shit to do. Yeah, I got women I have to impress. <laughs> <laughs> so four years Georgia Tech drafted number eleven overall to the Pistons. Uh same class as Dennis Rodman. Wow. First impression um of that team. Well, Dennis Rodman and I, you know, they used to take the top 50 plays to Hawaii. And uh, they took, but they made Coach Crimmins was coaching the South team. So I knew what offense we were going to run. And then Dennis was my roommate. And he grabbed every rebound and threw the ball only to me. He did not throw it to a guard. This is true. I missed three shots in a week because Dennis grabbed a rebound. He'd give it to me. I put it in the basket. So I loved playing. I still, <laughs> I love playing with Dennis Rodman. And then when I got there, dog, you got to realize there's Adrian Dantley, Isaiah Thomas, mm. there's Bill Lambert, there's Sid Green, who was, you know, my guy, and Rick Mahorn. And I'm just like, oh, we're going to be good. I didn't understand it's a business called basketball. And uh, first day they got in a fight, Rick and uh, <laughs> Sid. And I was like, hold on, man, you gotta break this up. We a team. And Rick hit me <laughs> in the chin and Sid kicked me in the knee. And I was on the ground. And I realized I was playing in Nate position. And uh, Chuck Daly just stood there and looked at me. Everybody was looking at me. And I was like, nobody was helping me. Get up. <laughs> and a young man, you know, shut your damn mouth when grown people are talking. Mm. And I get up and Joe Dumas is like. <laughs> and so I realized right there, um, we are all individual companies working for one company. Mm. And it, it, it was real quick. My education came. It was the best thing because my vets um, would teach you something after beating you or kicking your ass. A lesson to it. Yeah. Keep your left up. Yeah, and uh, talk to people from a distance like basketball players. I'm gonna kick your head. You know, you do it. That's how basketball players talk, and uh, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to keep it at a distance. Was there Ricky Hazen? No, no. I I carried Adrian Dantley was my vet, so I carried his bag. What was he like? Such a talented player. You hear stories. Uh, obviously, we all know he could play, but you hear stories about who he was as a person. What was it like for you as a rookie? I called him the teacher. Like I named him. Like when I tell you, Matt, you can guard people. You cannot guard Adrian Dantley. Mm. I'm telling you that and he's in his. And I'm telling you, and I, he used to laugh. What and I used Dolph to say, Shays? I said, who, who? Can we can Matt guard Dolph Shays? No. He's a center though, ain't he? Yeah. You couldn't guard Dolph Shays? Mm-mm. You could, you, well, Danny Shays. I mean, Danny Shays? Mm -mm. It, this is funny. Was Danny Shays better than Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard is one of the, uh, he doesn't get his props. I, I, I say I that. I ask you a question, Jonathan. I mean, Fletcher. <laughs> uh, he would foul No, D. that's not what I'm asking you. Oh, is, Dan, Dan, is Danny? Danny is Shays. Danny Shays better than Dwight Howard? I can't believe it's taking that long. Okay, you got it. Okay, so let me let me hit you with this. This yeah. this is one of the last Jewish players ever. He's playing for his life. Nah, he was like, <laughs> he, he was like they coming to give. Danny Shays was like Joko, uh, Joe, 
Djokovic. Really? I'm, I'm telling I'm talking about Dolph. I'm talking about Dolph Shades. I said it right. I know who he's talking about. He top 75. I know who you talking oh, about. Oh, from the 50s? I don't know. <laughs> he had the glasses. Danny had the glasses. Yeah, but he played in Denver. Yeah, the other, he, the other Danny's, one was top Danny's, 75. Danny's his son. Is it? Yeah. Dolph was the great player yeah. from 1950 to the mid Yeah, and then Danny Shays. He top 75. He's on the 75. Yeah, he should yeah. be. How else did he have? You got to understand, too. But it, I, is he better than Dwight Howard? In his time. That's weak. Let me let me hit you with this. All right, so let me let me hit you with this. I didn't add to the argument because I didn't know who he was with all due this. Let me hit you with this. Nobody does, Matt. Let me tell you about That's this. Why I didn't say nothing. Just listen. They got paid thirty-five thousand dollars. They played in Converse. They Nobody taped themselves. My ass. They taped themselves. And they played all, all the time. They smoke cigarettes at halftime and drink beer. There's a different mentality Monty of, Deep of people. Was still doing that when he in, 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 in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> the king, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just different different mentality. Uh, Dwight is amazing, though. I just don't think Dwight got uh, the right situation. That's the way I look at it. I'm just, I'm just so upset with you. Today. No, Fletcher. no, hey, I, I love Dwight. He'll tell you, I, 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 I want those shoulders, man. I used to think <laughs> I had them and shit. I want the shoulders. What was the state of the NBA when you arrived? A crazy thing I heard it was they said at one time that the league was too black and too drug infested. That's mm. that, that's what I heard. That was that was a saying, right? And. Uh, <laughs> I remember. The, I mean, it was a good time. There was some good times going on. I guess. I guess. Hey, yeah, hey listen. They, they made uh, smoking cigarettes and drinking beers at halftime look light. And all that. Yeah. All yeah. That. that was light work. Oh, yeah. Man. You Shit, know, nothing. drugs it was amazing. It hit the league just like it hit the rest of the country. Mm. And uh, I'm playing against guys that they say are high. <laughs> man, I, you could not tell. On some of these dudes, if they was getting high, they were that good, mm -hmm. and whatever they did in their extracurriculum had nothing to do with their basketball. I didn't see any suffering on that point, um, so I, I only know it is that I didn't get high. I didn't. I didn't drink. I just like women, um, which is a drug in itself. Mm -hmm. um, expensive drug, expensive drug. <laughs> but that that was my thing. I like, you know, y'all go get drunk and I wait. And I come, you know, like Biggie, I come up from behind. Who you be with? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always a method to his <laughs> I mean, you you were in the NBA for or for a long time. So when did you kind of see that start to change? Or I started seeing the lead change when the money came into it. Um, like the, any situation. There was no money really. It was money, but it was no real money, right? In the NBA. And then um, my second year or my third year, it was John Conkac was offered that deal and got like $3 million. And every big man behind that was like, if he gets $3 million, I get $6 million. And I, I happened to be lucky enough to negotiate two years after that. Um, but then everything changed. We had Pistons were the first team with a private jet. We had round ball one. And when we won two championships in a row, started realizing it was because we used to fly commercial. You get there the day before, you have a late afternoon practice, 
you go to dinner, you go to the nightclub, you go to the strip joint, whatever it is, you got the early practice, you play the game, you stay the night, which was detrimental, right? There's more babies uh, mm. in different cities. There's more chances of you getting robbed. There's more drug use. There's, there's so much to do. When we got the plane, we flew in that night before. So we practiced in the day and we took a flight at you after, know seven o'clock, six o'clock, five o'clock, five thirty. And then, you know, when we finished playing, we're on the plane, either watching the film for the next game or the game we just lost, which was stupid to me that they didn't just always show the next game. They would always like, you know, Chuck Daly be like this. You see you see a play, he go, Oh, that's all he said throughout the whole plane, and everybody's watching on these monitors. So we were able to stay focused in basketball way different. Imagine you fuck up with all your background. Ah, you know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because you know. And, and you, you know it's coming. You too. don't say nothing. Like, they didn't know. call out the pick. You, yeah. you should have seen it. You know, yeah. anything going oh, through it. Shit. It was, we, we had, I, I tell you, I was driving here, you know, through Topanga which is a, is a canyon here. And I was just looking at all the beauty and I was like, I live in a vacation, but I literally live a dream. I don't remember not one NBA basketball game I've ever played it. Mm. Cause they, they were all that important. That, that, mm. At least that's the way Isaiah and Bill Lambert had my mind. Like each game is, is important, not just the big games. Every game is important. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't get to enjoy it because when you win, you got 15 minutes. Coach, God, oh, calm down, calm down. You know, we won, but you know, we didn't dominate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, hurry up! I got to get out of here. I got to get to TGI Fridays. That's where the girls are. So, <laughs> so I, I, I was, you know, always stuck in. Every game was intense. Every single one. So I didn't get to really see it. But uh, when I look back at it now, I look at something. People want to talk about who's the greatest and the goats of all time. Y'all never played against Larry Bird. Mm. Larry Bird will give you nightmares now if, if you have to sit back and think about it. Kevin McHale would smell like garlic on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and rub his underarms. Petrovic. You remember that, mm, there was that play of Petrovic? Ooh, it was tough. Next. Man. You can't even punch him, and it's not going to do anything. Rock, huh? Yeah. You would have been great. Because you back in the day, you can fight, and then when they break you up, they just tell right? you to calm down. Yeah, I would yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah, calm down. Yeah, calm down. Crazy. Put them over there. Get that's somebody crazy. else in for them. And then, and then a, I coach come by and go, you know, you don't get paid to fight. Now I was like. kind of. Sometimes. Yeah. But that team, shit. Where would you put, I mean, you, you mentioned Larry Bird. Where would, is, is he the greatest small forward of all time? Like, is he yes. Two? Yes. So, what do you, is LeBron a small forward in your opinion? LeBron, LeBron can play all five positions. Okay, so he. Okay, so you're not. Counting so he's small he's forward. like Magic. Okay. So Magic, LeBron, over here. Okay. Kobe and Michael, over here. Okay. Uh, Larry Bird and everybody else over here. Bernard King. Um, can you compare? Not. I'm not saying who's better. Can you compare? Obviously, a different kind of game, but a, a, a Larry Bird and a Kevin Durant. <sighs> Kevin Durant is my favorite player playing now. I've told him that a thousand times. Um, Kevin Durant is not Larry Bird. No. No. He's Kevin Durant. 
Kevin Durant is 6'11 and shoots the ball above his head. So, but Bird was what six nine and shot that bitch behind his head. Yeah, with, no, while talking hands. with jumper, the just would, would just talk shit to you too. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot this, <laughs> right? And then I'm gonna go to the other side next time and shoot it again. And he would he would go, I'm gonna shoot this, and shoot it, and be talking. I told you I was gonna shoot it. And I remember one time he was just talking so much to me. He's go one two three. I got two quick fouls because you know that means you got to sit down. Somebody else come be a highlight reel mm, and and sure. it would worry you it would worry you and he can dribble pass people didn't realize he was six nine so He's if you thought he was going to lay it up and he would dunk How on much you was he like 230 yeah 230 okay didn't he have a game where he shot all left e? oh he could have and had like 30 with his left yeah he, well, I tell you this. I tell you, <laughs> Stack. You know how you play defense. You lean, and then they don't do this anymore. But they punt and they do a fadeaway, mm-hmm. right? Everyone did it, right? Guys would bang you and then fade away on one leg, try to be like you know uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Larry would hit you and go like this, and then you would fly by. Him. Fake. And he'd be like, "Stupid!" <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm just constantly. Snapping, saying things like, yeah, oh my God, I'm going to give you 50 tonight. You know, he was like, oh my God, they're not going to throw you the ball. They're not going to throw you the ball. <laughs> I would love to play with him. Oh, <laughs> That's funny. He was the best. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans, to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. 
Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. You have so many different personalities on your team. I mean, I growing up, you know, it was the Lakers and, and the Pistons and the Celtics in the 80s who yeah. I, you know, grew up watching... Um, but you always hear about Lane Beer and Isaiah fighting, but there's a lot of strong. You're a personality. Rodman came. That's a personality. Lane Beer, Isaiah, Mahorn, Mahorn Dantley. Like, what was what was it like just on that team? I can go this way. So Isaiah sat here. He's captain. Then it was another person here. And then Joe Dumas was at this end. Adrian Dantley was here. I was all the way close to the TV and Rick Mahorn, and Buddha, and then Bill. And uh, no, Vinnie Johnson sat over there. So the deal is, these were all grown men, huh? In the locker room. They were all grown men. And uh, when they talk about Isaiah and Bill having a fight, um, that wasn't until 1993. Oh, after. Right. Um, But they were, those two captains, like ran it like like you would see on TV, they they ran it like that. no one said anything to Vinny because Vinny was the man. Uh, Joe Dumas was quiet. Adrian Dantley and him used to whisper because uh, <laughs> they don't talk, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, that kind. And then, you know, Dennis was, Dennis and I would just 
happy uh, just to be around it. And it was, uh, then we had Mark Aguirre when AD left. And they're just grown men. And I, that's the only way I can put it. These guys were in their 30s. And um, Chuck, every, that's why I said it was intense. I laugh and giggle until I get to the arena. And then there's no laughing and giggling. And then after I lose, after we win, I'm going to talk shit and I'm going to laugh and giggle. They didn't like that a lot, but I would do it. Um, but those dudes were, each one was intense. Vinny was going to come in the sixth man. He was going to get the ball. As soon as he checked right in, he's going to get the ball right away. Isaiah going to get him the ball. Bill and Bear was allowed to shoot threes, um, which was rare. Uh, <laughs> funny saying it now. Uh, Rick Mahon was going to beat if there was a big man there, he was going to bang on him and talk shit to him. So we just had, we had like literally everybody had their role. I grabbed the ball one time and I, you know, that's why I love Kevin Durant. And I'm dribbling down court because I'm a New Yorker. Chuck didn't have a whistle. Yo, 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 yo. He said, hey, you know who that guy is right there? <coughs> I said, yeah, it's Joe Dumas. Said, you know who that guy is? It's Isaiah Thomas. He said, next time you grab a rebound, you throw it to them. Don't dribble it again. I don't want to listen. Grab that shit. Do, do, do. Stop. Get him out. One time. He said, all right, you get it. I'm going to pull you. And you get paid caught in the minutes. I grab rebounds. No more dribbling. It's just like we had rules. Mm -hmm. You had rules. You stuck to them. And we did a, in practice something that I never saw anywhere else. We practiced the two-minute drill for an hour. We... We always practice what would happen if we were down three, if we're down five. He would practice that, practice that, practice that. Well, as I got older and went to teams, I started realizing guys didn't have training on what to do in pressure situations. And so our practices were technical. And you're supposed to stay in shape. That's on you. Mm, you know job. what I'm saying? You stay on shape or you don't stay on the team. Mm. Speaking of the great Chuck Daly, uh... Why was he a perfect fit for the Dream Team? Oh, Daddy Rich. Uh, God rest his soul. Because he knew how to handle men. Like, I said this. Each player is a Fortune 500 company. To know how to make all of these companies work together for one goal is a, is a trip because certain guys have to get paid, uh, have to get numbers, Certain guys have to get rebounds. They do incentives. When I played, um, you had to play in order to keep your spot, right? You know, they didn't have to play you because they gave you so much money. They got to play you. No, if you ain't playing right, you're right. not playing. Um, but Chuck knew how to handle people. Chuck was like, like Michael Jordan loved him. Like they would play golf. They would hang out. He, he talked to you as like a man. He, he said to me one day, he said, you keep playing like this, I'm going to trade you to Milwaukee. And he knew I didn't like Milwaukee. <laughs> he said, there are no nightclubs in Milwaukee. He said, there's bars, and it's not Detroit. It's a country town. He said, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. And that's, that's all he had to say to me. You right up. Yeah. He, just, he talked to me. It's one thing. And he, wasn't, he didn't yell at you at the game. He yelled at me one time on the bench. And he was screaming at me, and I was sitting. And I was like, all right, coach. And then William Buffett said, why he yell at you? I said, because he can't yell at Bill. 
right? Because he knew he couldn't yell at Bill Lambert. That would shut him down. So he came and said everything to me. And I was like, all right, got you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even for you. Nope. I know what it was. You played in the era, obviously, with when that dream team was built. Is, have you seen a team that we've built since that can compete with them or beat them? Compete with them? No. So, because there's a cock about the Redeem team and all, like, you feel like... The Redeem team was dope. But let me tell you, Michael Jordan at that time and Kobe, Michael was, yeah, 1992, he just won his second championship. Um, No, no, (laughs) no. He was a crazy human being. Charles Barkley? At that time, was real. He led the team in scoring. And he realized he he had to be the bad, mean American in order to get some some camera time. Mm. He had no problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, John Stockton, no, no. There's there's uh, Kyrie Irving would have dribbled all the way until Charles Barkley hit him. I mean, Charles would have hit him after a while. Charles would just would have ran his ass and then mm-hmm. been like, "Stop all that dribbling." <laughs> and and it was a foul then. It wasn't a flagrant foul. Right. Let's call your mother. Let's watch the video. <laughs> the cops are waiting at the locker room. <laughs> right. It was just a foul. Right. Um, a foul. A hard foul is what we would call it. But I, I look back, Larry Bird having a bad back is one thing. But having Magic and, and Larry on a, on a squad just negates anything you're ever going to bring to me. Mm. See, I like hearing because we always have people talking that didn't get a chance to play in that era. Mm-mm. You played right in the middle of that era. Yeah, I I didn't get a lot of sleep. I started balling <laughs> real early. I didn't know why I was getting balled. I didn't know it was stress. <laughs> Every night. But but I mean, we had to play against Magic, man. And then I had to guard Worthy. He got forty two. Mm. He got twenty ain't, on me. Ain't twenty that his on jersey number. Was yes. Oof. And he didn't talk. He didn't, he didn't say a word. Anytime somebody say 20, it was really about 27. <laughs> 27. <laughs> 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 no, I, I knew when the I look up, James. and they just started putting the score like players that was on the board in the Lakers. I looked up, I said, 20, 19? <laughs> that come from? Oh, 19. Oh, I'm about to foul you again. I'm, I'm not playing the rest of this game. <laughs> You're not going to get me on CBS. Yeah. Michael Jordan dunked at me on CBS, man. And all I remember, all I was thinking is, in my park when you got dunked on, they took your sneakers. <laughs> and I just sat there and I go, I'm going to hear it. Like the only thing in my brain is my oh, brothers are yeah, going, what, my phone's going to blow up when I got home. Did you go up and try to like, you tried to Man, I it? thought I had it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I thought I had it. He went up so fast and then moved in the air, and I just grabbed his face. Because I was like, you can't dunk this. And I grabbed his face, and he still dunked it. And his tongue was out. And I, you know, you try to take it out real quick, like Alonzo Mourning. And they were like, no, that's a foul. And then the cameras, <laughs> cameras on you, you trying not to be in the camera. I was like, got my ass. Oh, that's funny. Uh, rookie season, you guys lose to Boston in the Eastern Finals. That, I played well. Yeah, that, that memorable play where Bird stole the ball on a quick inbounds. I heard Isaiah wasn't even supposed to be taking the ball out. Right. Um, and then after the game, Isaiah said if he was a, 
<laughs> if he was black, he'd just be another oh. good guy. Media wasn't what media is today, but the fact that Isaiah <laughs> Thomas said that about Larry Bird, <laughs> what did you think when you heard that? At, and what was the energy around the game like back then? Oh, Zeke crazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what happened. What had happened was, so Boston, you know, there's so many numbers, right? And all of a sudden, Isaiah being reactive, thinking they're going to foul as soon as we get the ball. So as opposed to having Bill take it out, he took it out to throw it to Bill because Bill next to AD was our best foul shooter. A guard's never supposed to take the ball out in our offense. Damn sure not Zeke. Right, because you want him to have, you but want him to catch it. Isaiah was looking at, and he's looking at Chuck, should I call timeout? And and he's looking at the and he's looking at Bill and Isaiah's like, give me the ball, give me the ball. Right, and he right. takes the ball mm-hmm. and he's throwing it. Now Bill Lambert sees Larry Bird coming, who hates Bill Lambert with passion. Really? Yeah. He hates Bill Lambert. So Bill sees him coming and opposed to stepping to the ball. You got alligator arms? Yeah. And then Larry steals it, but then it looked like it was set up by the leprechaun because nothing was supposed to happen the way it happened. Mm-hmm. And we're all the way down, and AD turns to me and said, what happened? I said, Isaiah threw the ball away. Now, that was quiet in the locker room, right? We get on the plane, we chartered a jet, a plane. We get on the, um, on the plane, and Isaiah's sitting at the wing just looking out the window. And there's guys in the front, there's guys, like, no one is sitting near him. So I go and sit near him, and I go, you want a peanut? <laughs> and he's looking at me like, and I go, what's wrong? And he goes, Sal, I, 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 threw the, I lost the game for us. I said, no, we just proved we can beat him in the garden because we had never beat him in the garden. We proved we can beat him in the garden. We're going to kill him at home, and then we're going to come back and beat him in the garden. He shakes his head. We destroyed him game six. We come back for game seven. And it, we outside. I mean, we're, we're looking up. We had this thing. We had like a walkthrough practice. And we talked about how big this game was going to be and how we could not make any mistakes. And the fact that Adrian Dantley was diving at a ball tells you how intense it was. Because he, he, that ain't in his contract, diving at a ball. <laughs> AD was like, don't pay me to dive. Just get buckets. That, that's it. And they hit heads. And, you know, they're carting them out. We hang on, we lose. Dennis Rodman said, if Larry Bird was a black guy, he'd just be another black guy. Oh, Dennis said it. Right. Oh, forgive me. And then they run over to to Isaiah, who's sitting here. So it's, you know, Thomas Sally, it's Rodman, Rodman, Thomas Sally. So I'm sitting here, and all the media say, oh, let me move. They go, Dennis just said, if Larry Bird was, and Isaiah said, I, I guess he's right, right? Like, if it's a sensational thing that he's a white guy and he plays this well because, his, you know, the lead is full of, you know, black people. Um, he wasn't saying anything. So he nothing malicious. It wasn't a diss. No. It's the truth. He was like, uh, right now, we talk about, um, we talk about McCarty. Uh, what's the kid, the running back for uh, the McCaffrey. Titans? McCaffrey. 
for right? The, for the pandemic. We talk about how this white kid is an unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We literally say that, mm-hmm. right? We talk about we we put his his color in front of it. Position, mm-hmm. Yeah. So him saying that was not saying he wasn't getting anything about Larry. Larry plays good for a black guy, white guy, a Martian. <laughs> right, no matter you know what I'm color. saying? Mm-hmm. He, no matter the color. Ewok, he all it. They brought the color into it. Isaiah not disagreeing. If Isaiah would have said, no, you know, he he's great no matter what he is, right? It would have been dead. Right, it would have been dead. But he said, and I, I say it to this day, if you think about anything they say, when you see uh, uh, when there's a white guy and he's a champion, they call him the great white hope. Uh, when you get a wide receiver who is fast, they was like, this kid is as fast as this black kid. So in a way, they're not right because we're predisposed or we're prejudiced by default because in this country, black people do one thing, white people do a different thing. And when a white guy is doing is playing ball as well as black guys that they say black guys yo you want to play basketball you, that's a, a racial thing black guys play basketball black guys dance black guys right. smoke whoa smoke weed. they're kind of yeah, right weed. smoke weed um, yeah, i ain't gonna lie i feel all i do all that right I eat chicken black i, I do all, all the things I'm they black. say all the things they say got a bunch of kids so, yeah, but black. when you say that that's that's cool. But when all of a sudden when a white guy is doing it, mm-hmm. then that's out of character. Mm-hmm. So they kind of put it in a way, there was no way for Isaiah to get out of it, except, man, leave me alone, man. I got to take a shower. But he couldn't do so that. He got the bad rap for something. He just, like you said, there was no malicious tent behind it. None. None. Yeah. Larry Bird and Isaiah are cool. And they did a press conference right after that. Oh, what the problem was, Isaiah kept talking. When Larry got up and walked out, Isaiah should have got up and walked out. But Isaiah said, I looked up the word racist in the dictionary. <laughs> what did he say? That's where he fucked up. <laughs> Stop. Don't let him know you read. Don't let him know you read, brother. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Uh, that's, you that, that's where it got into it when he was, you know, trying to diffuse it. When it, you know, should have died where it was. Don't let him know you read. Around this time, uh, you know, Jordan is on his way up. And you guys have beat the Bull Street three consecutive years, uh, and you guys have something called the Jordan Rule. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Um, another thing you would have liked, Matt, because <laughs> <laughs> push him left. That's that's your Jordan Rule right there. That's, that's all I'm allowed to give away. Mm-hmm. It's, still, <laughs> it's still top secret. We, no, but... We're going to be there. The deal is this. You push him left, right? If he catches the ball... Uh, on the left side, push him left. He's not going to pass it, right? It, Kobe is not the chucker. Michael is the chucker. Uh, Kobe shots go in. Michael kept shooting until they went in. But but Mike Mike was deadly. So when he caught the ball on the left elbow, push him left. And Joe can do that all day because Joe 220 pounds. And when he picks the ball up, go back to your man because he's not going to pass it. He's going to shoot it. And when he comes in the middle, put him on his back. Mm. So if he's on the right side, he goes left. That's when he turned his body this way and stick his tongue out. Mm. And that's when his ass was on the floor. (laughs) Right when he went down, right there. As soon as he goes left, as soon as he gets a foot in the paint, 
mm. fallow. And it's just a regular foul. Yeah. Everybody gets six. Everybody out. gets, but don't, no tic-tac files. Meaning yeah, for anybody out there, don't no reach and pull one. your hand back. Foul him. Through, grab him. Right? Foul him, hit him, and you used to be allowed to do that. You used to be allowed to, you know, even if a guard was coming to the lane, it was a big man, a big man turned and bumped into you and you hit the ground, ref wouldn't call that. Because mm. your ass is not supposed to be in there with the Too big men. Right. And he's just turning his body. Um, we also knew uh, to go after Scotty. So the other Jordan rule was make Scotty keep the ball with Scotty. Make everybody else try to beat us. Mm. And that's it. When he caught the ball, all eyes was on Michael because he's not going to pass to your man. You don't have to worry about him. Magic Johnson and by your ear, he ain't passing it. So as soon as he puts the ball down, everybody come. <laughs> everybody. Mm-hmm. Every, and they got you watching on film. They would stop. Hey, what's the rule? When he comes, everybody comes. He's not passing it to your man. And if you watch, Michael would put the ball every which way not to give it to one of his <laughs> one of <laughs> his teammates. It. That's it. You got a chance to play with him later. Did you guys ever discuss what it was about, the reasoning? Because, I mean, he openly said, I mean, that got him better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you guys ever discussed being teammates at one point? Yeah, when I when I... They didn't have to ask him, but when I came on to the team, um, he said, uh, you wear Nike, right, Sal? I said, yes, sir. Got it. He said, what size you wear? I said, 15. He's like, all right, that's what's up. That's what's up. Just making sure you ain't you know, doing no craziness over there. The next day I came in, Boxing. my whole locker was full of Alonzo morning sneakers because Alonzo used to get them first, and they were red and white, and then I got them. Uh, I was like, good looking. He said, yeah, yeah, you know, that was that. And he would always ask us questions. He would ask Dennis questions, but Dennis didn't have answers. Um, <laughs> he didn't have answers. You know, he didn't have answers. Uh, he would ask Buddha, and he said, man, when we would come in, and like I said, if, if we knew that we was in his head, we would have never lost. We didn't know how intense or how much we were in his head. Mm. I remember we were playing, and... Uh, I go in and I see him. I said, after the game, he goes, yeah, 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 after the game. I, he said, I got the Ferrari. I'm going to show you. I said, oh, oh, I can't wait. We beat him. I come out. I said, what's up? Man, get away from me. <laughs> what happened? Get away from me. I was like, damn, he's sensitive. Like, where am I going to eat tonight? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, like I said, I, I was intense when those numbers was up. I was <clears throat> very, very focused. Um, but when we would talk, he would ask us. He would ask us, um, did we try to hurt him? We were like, nah, if you went left, we hit you. If we went left in the middle, you got, we stopped Damn. you in the paint. Because mm-hmm. he can ignite a whole nation by dunking on somebody. And you can see sometimes <laughs> he would go and we would all come and then he would try to get a shot off and hit the floor. We're not catching him, step over him and keep running. And we knew, we knew that his teammates looked to him for everything. Mm-hmm. Everything, and we would punk everybody. Mm. I love that. Back-to-back champions in 80, uh, 89, 90, you guys beat Magic, and you guys beat Clyde, Port- you Clyde and, and the Portland Trailblazers. You know, these, they call Portland Rip City. I said it stands for repeat in Portland. <laughs> Dog, you don't know cocky. We lost our first home game, championship game. We lost the second game. And we never won in Portland as a franchise. 
we won three straight. Mm. And I remember they had uh, Maurice Lucas on the squad. Back when it was 2-3-2? Two, two? Uh, yeah, 2-3, so yep. So you got all the ones in the middle? I remember I, we had, they had Duckworth and, and Kersey, God rest their souls, mm. and Buck Williams, who used to give me crazy numbers, um, at least a lot of elbows. And I just remember, man, we just was, was like on it. And when we won, it was the loneliest city, but we, we stayed in the hotel. I loved it, but we stayed in the hotel. Mm. What was it like beating the Lakers? Beating the Lakers? We kicked all the windows out of the bus on the way back to the hotel. Y'all did. The guy just turned it all black. We kicking windows out because there's people following the bus and giving us the finger, and we we throwing shit out of Rick Mahorn. In is, L.A.? In L.A. Okay. Rick is mooning them and shit with his big ass. <laughs> it was more like a son in them because it was a big ass. <laughs> and, and and we just wilding. We get back to the hotel. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't go anywhere. That was another thing. So... It's not like we can go out. Yeah, they're not having that shit out no, here. No, I found that out real quick. They serious about the Lakers out here. But we stayed in the hotel, tore things up. Dennis didn't take his jersey off to the next day. Um, I showered, made sure my hair was cut. You know, the hoes might be watching. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Make sure my high top was like, yeah. I, I, my hair was like yours. It was perm, but it was like yours. <laughs> A lot of uh, off the court success with that team. Uh, you know, Joe and what he's doing now for the NBA, Isaiah and, and all his ventures, Vinny. Speak to him uh, because he does. Yeah, uh, the piston group. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah, they're, he makes all the plastic for all the cars that you see. But Isaiah uh, started a company. It was called One World Farmer, and I'm a um, shareholder and an ambassador or something like that. Um, I work some numbers out of him. You know, I had mm -hmm. lawyers do that. Wine? <laughs> no, he Green. owns cannabis. He's yeah. the largest he cannabis. The wine yeah, champagne. Yeah. 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 Champagne, yeah. He's the largest cannabis and hemp grower in the world, in Colombia. And they were, and BMW had literally come and contracted him to take the hemp and make it into hemp plastic for their cars. But Vinny is running a 300 million plus business. Um, I tell you this, man, my rookie year, Vinny had this gold watch on. And you know, he talked to me because I was from Brooklyn, but most of the time vets didn't talk to me. So, uh, or they talked at me. And I was like, man, that's a nice watch, man. And he was like, yeah, man. So I said, how much a watch like that cost? He said, $7,500. $7,500 for a watch? Man, I couldn't believe it. It was a, it was a, a Pate Philippe, mm. 1985. I was about to say, this is back in the 80s. You know what this watch is worth to this day? 85, ooh. This, this watch is, they probably don't even make it anymore. Mm -hmm. I sat there, Vinny has always been, and he was the best dress player I've ever seen in the NBA and he was so well mannered. He had he had tall poodles, black poodles. I had never seen a big poodle before. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh this is this is a rich, rich black guy. Um but Vinny always was so like astute, so perfect with his thing. So I, I I'm so impressed with what he's doing with the piston group. Vinny mm -hmm. Joe D and uh, and Zeke all yeah. great businessmen. Yeah man. 
You leave Detroit '92 and spend three seasons in Miami. What's the best memories in Miami? Oh, that's the only party, party, party. That's the only part of the NBA I remember. Luke, <clears throat> let me finish this. <laughs> I was 27 when I went to Detroit. 28. I was one of the oldest people on the squad. When you went to Miami? Miami. At 28. Mm-hmm. Man, and these, uh, Steve Smith, still one of my favorite players that ever played. We would play, we were the best 36 minute team in the NBA. 36. It's the last 12 minutes Mm -hmm. that we had a problem with. And, you know, coming from Detroit, that was what I would see. I would see our last 12 minutes. But boy, they, I've never been out in Portland until I got to Detroit. And, (laughs) and the girls came to the hotel and there was just women everywhere trying to get to the Miami Heat players. And I was like, what is these guys? It wasn't Ronnie Cycli. He didn't hang out with us. Man, it was, it was my favorite time. I, would, I just was about to get married was the only part wrong with the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but boy, if I would have been, like Madonna was, was hanging with us. We'd go to Madonna's house and then Madonna was having parties. Um, so, you know, you just don't talk to any of the girls there because they might not be girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, <laughs> bring your own lunch. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my only advice if you're in Miami. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but we, those guys play golf. They play hard. Keith, Keith Askins, one of my favorite players, Bimbo Coles. Did you get play hard. with Harold Minor? Harold was my rookie. Yeah, I I I I took Harold everywhere, and I would I put Harold on to raise pizza, and this is this is tell you when brother got money, we were playing in New Jersey, and Harold was like, man, I like that pizza we got last time we were here in New York. He from L.A. I was like, yeah, you know, it's it's raised pizza on Sixth Avenue. He sent a limo to get a pizza, a town car to get a pizza and bring it back to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I said, one, you're stupid because New Jersey pizza is as good. But two, uh, that's some rich shit. <laughs> and he had like a $10 million deal with Nike. So that, that was, that was a good person. Him? I mean, you Andrew, saw him early. Andrew, right? Yeah, and then he went to Cleveland. Uh, you know, I remember how uh, invested into uh, strip malls in Vegas. So he should be rich, richer than rich right now. He he was building those strip malls. Who knew Vegas was gonna right. Crazy expand? Crazy though, wasn't he? Yeah, dog. He, you know, when they talk about jumping ability, right? Michael Jordan would get down, he would take off, and then he would, you would see him take off, like mm-hmm. with a long stride. How Minor would stop with two feet and then jump like above everything else, and he was left-handed. I love left-handed players, uh, but he also, you know. I guess he came, they they brought him in the lead expecting him to be <clears throat> like he was in college. Mm-hmm. What I like about being in Detroit is I have vets to teach me stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> they brought Howard and expecting him to do that. You, you, should be, you should be literally taught to position. Groom that, yeah, groom to be that. You spent a little time in 95 with the uh, Toronto. What yeah, man. Like I, do? I know you like Toronto. Well, Isaiah brought me there. And I think Isaiah was mad at me, but you know, mm-hmm. you never know. Um, 
you, you never know because you can tell I got you know I had fucks when I was coming in. I dropped them all. Uh, <laughs> so right, it's like when he brought me there. It was me and B.J. Armstrong, and we were in a car. We were in a van, and. I said, BJ said, Zeke, you got to get me out of here. I, I don't want to be here. And he was like, for real? He said, yeah. He said, all right. I, I think I can make a trade for you. And he said, Sal, Detroit wants you back. Orlando wants you in Chicago. I said, Chicago. I said, no, send me home. Send me back to Detroit. Uh, he was like, then came back and said, I can't trade you, man. And he said, man, we need to make this city like the place everybody want to play, but I need you to make sure they go out the night before. So I threw parties the night before all the games. This guy. How old were you at this point? This guy. 30 okay. years old. Let me tell you what my biggest mistake was. I didn't leave the squad after <clears throat> having it lit. I bought, I bought Faith Evans there to sing. I had a club every Sunday night at Atlantis. When I get traded, when I get, I asked to be released, right? I had to give up $750,000 to get out of my deal. So I was the only free slave, I mean, um, free agent in the NBA. So I was, and so I can pick, because I didn't want, you know, I own my waivers. And when Chicago came calling, I, I, I left. Uh, so we go back. And of course, they throw in the parties the night before. And I- As a bull now, you were a bull? And I can't tell these guys, yo, it's a setup, don't go. We lost to the Raptors. Mm. And it bothers me to this day, right? It bothers because I know my setup. And they were like, yeah, that shit works. Toronto, too. It, well, yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's my favorite Oof. city. Oof. It is, yeah. I have my daughter in Toronto. My, my wife, uh, we got, she got pregnant in Toronto. She got pregnant. <laughs> she got pregnant. I got fat, but yeah, in Toronto. <laughs> That year, 96, you joined the Bulls in the midst of that 72-win season. You reignited with Rodman. What was it like playing on that team? Well, they had a special private jet. They had that MGM jet that had the TV screen here and the big leather seats and the tables, and it was just like a lounge. And uh, play, this was, this was the most gangster thing because I pay attention to everything. Um, Michael would drive to the joint. There'd be tons of people. His security would get out, walk with him, walk him on the plane. Guy would take the Ferrari. We parked outside. He parked, obviously, in a private hangar. What the fuck he wanted? The security got on a private jet and took off before we did so they can be there when we landed because mm. they didn't get on the plane, um, which I thought was expensive <laughs> uh, and gangster at the same time. Very gangster. But, like... Judd Bushler and Steve Kerr literally showed me how to get to the airport, asked me about restaurants. Ron Hoffa and Pip, they were like, whatever, Negro. But Dennis, you know, once again, you know, he, he wasn't talking. And these guys literally showed me, you know, how to get around, which was weird because usually when you get to a team, these clicks stay within their click. They're, they're, even though they had clicks, it didn't feel like it. it didn't, when, when we got in the locker room, it felt like a team, even though there was clicks. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I knew we weren't going to lose. I don't know if y'all ever had that 
situation. But when you walk in, you already know you're going to win when you walk in. Because, like, you see the other guys looking at you. One year. Yeah, it was a trip. Everybody was afraid of Michael. Everybody. When we got to play against New York and Derek Harper. I love you, Derek Harper. You know, he had those big old nostrils and, mm. and, you know, can get more air than everybody else. You got to watch out for that. Stealing your air. Yeah, man. But he was... Jack, we stealing air. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I thought they were gills. That's just your nose. <laughs> this is the longest he's been. I'm doing a shot. This is the longest. I knew someone was coming. I'm about to check you. <laughs> yeah, but I hit Derek Hoffman. I... Uh, Michael said, yo, man, he's hawking me, man. I, I said, I get him off you, run him off me. And then boom, and I set my pickup like this, and it hit Derek Hoffman. He looked around me and flashed his nostrils. I said, hawk. <laughs> it was just a pick. He just looked at me. I, I said, damn, he going to hit me in my jaw. And I, I was like, I remember Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, hands up. It was just a pick. It was just a pick. He was like, all right, all right. And I was like, he going to get me the end of the game. He didn't get me. Mm. But MJ loved it. And it was a trip because Ron Harper then takes me out after we get home. He goes, you know, that's what we expect you as, as a bull. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, we expected you, you know, to bring some of that toughness. I was like, why are you talking to me? Like, why is it we having it? We, you play for Cleveland. What do you mean? Michael should be talking to me. <laughs> Go get the boss. Uh, but yeah, it was, we wore suits. Michael was shot, made sure everybody else. We smoked cigars on the, on the bus. One time we were smoking cigars and the guy turned around and goes, hey, hey, no smoking on the bus. And Phil goes, when we're on the bus, they're smoking on the bus. Mm. Word. And then was and had a cigar in his hand. The dude couldn't say anything. We popped like the vents. I was like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. It was best. Steve Kerr would be like, I hate these cigarettes. It was just freedom. It was freedom. <laughs> well, I mean, you got any, uh, I mean, you big personalities again, MJ, you know, Pip, Phil, Rodman. You haven't really told us, you keep saying Rodman doesn't say this, Rodman didn't have an answer. What was up with Rodman? What was he like? <laughs> I got to meet, um, I get to Chicago and he makes me meet him at a steakhouse. He already know I don't eat steak, but that's okay. I'm Ooh. Dennis. Okay. And me at a steakhouse. And um, uh, what's my man's name from uh, uh, Jerry Springer? And Jerry Springer's at the, at the dinner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is bomb. So I'm sitting around talking to Jerry Springer. Jerry, you know, he likes girls too and pointing about all these girls. And then uh, Dennis is sitting next to this blonde who's bodied out and, you know, glancing down at me, glancing down at me. Well, you kicking with D-Rod, uh, I know. Stop glancing at me. Mm -hmm. So Dennis says, Sal, yeah, she fine, huh? I go, yeah, she good, she all right. He goes, you don't think she's fine? I go, she's all right, she's cool. I laugh at that. I said, if you say so, you know, it's cool. He goes, you, you don't want to kick it with her? I was like, nope. He said, why? She don't have a vagina. He, I was the only one, he said, that knew that there was, it was a dude. And, and was, uh, he looked like Matt. No, I'm joking. He was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <'cause>, <laughs> I know Matt must be tripping because people been calling you pretty, yo. He said, why would a guy call me pretty? You know, you just let it go. But, but this, I hear it yeah. from people all day. Yeah, and I go, oh, that's funny. Dude, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, right. He, you know, his eyes match. 
It's cool. But like everybody, everybody. And then he had his birthday party was at the crowbar. And everybody came except MJ and a couple of other guys. But I don't think they knew the crowbar was a gay joint until they got there. And uh, there was a whole lot of um, uh, trans women uh, there. But dudes was literally hollering, not even mm. understanding. I, you know, I came in with two of my friends. Uh, and then this girl who knew me, she told my wife, she goes, yeah, I saw John. He had these two girls with him. She goes, oh, yeah, those are his two best friends. He you know, takes them everywhere. They don't bother you? She was like, no, they're his friends. And I stopped talking to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I used to hang out with these two gorgeous, you know, Robin and Bobby, two gorgeous women. And they would go everywhere with me. Just my, you know, one, they were unbelievable uh, attractors because all the girls would want to come by. And then um, dudes would be like, so come and talk to me about shit. You wouldn't talk to me any other time to right now. Yeah, I used to do it all the time. What was Phil like? Phil still, Phil will give you a book. Phil will give you a book to read a book. I tell you, the best, I don't know if you heard the story, but the best thing that ever happened is we got film. And we're watching film. And he says, I do film a little different. It's 15 minutes of one, 15 minutes of another, because I found out humans can't really focus past 15 minutes. So all of a sudden, the movie kicks in and it's Friday. And all the brothers are like, oh, yeah, we watching Friday and explain it to the white guys what Friday was. <laughs> and uh, we we're watching you it. Did that? Yeah. And as oh, soon as it got to Debo, Debo said, what's up, Craig? Like that. It clicked, and it was Alonzo Morning, and then we watched 15 minutes of film, and then back to another film that wasn't Friday, but each film was getting us, telling us about a point. There's going to be a bully. His name is Alonzo Morning. We're going to call him Debo. Mm -hmm. And so he would mess with you after, man, you sit That's there, you're there for two and a half hours watching film, not realizing you're watching like film. Stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, he, and the big thing was preparation. Phil does not yell in the game. Nope. But in practice, if he got to let you have it, he let you have too, it. Anybody, right? Anybody yeah. get it? Everybody would get yeah. it, too. Because mm -hmm. he used to go at Code crazy, and Ron, too. He used to go at Ron Artest. Ron Artest would go right back at him. See, that was, we didn't have to do that. Dennis Rodman said nothing. Dennis, you can, you can call Dennis all kind of names. He would say nothing. If Phil said run through that wall, Dennis run through that wall. Mm. Um, but he expected us to be professional. And, and, and he, would, he would say that. He was like, I'm not expecting you to lose, right? You shouldn't expect to lose. You, it, it's going to be a competition, but if we, if we, this is our only defense. You can't let your man get in between you and the basket. Now, if you jump over me and dunk over me, that's one thing. If you shoot over me, if I'm in front of you, that's good defense. So he didn't make you feel crazy mm -hmm. about doing anything. Uh, but I, I love Phil, man. Phil... You know, I came back, Phil had that meeting with me. It's called 15 Minutes with Phil. He said, well, sir, I have no real estate for you. What you going to do? I said, well, I guess I'm going to smoke weed. This summer, I'm out. I said, no real estate? No. And I was going to go to Golden State. I'm surprised he didn't say, yeah, I got something for you. Yeah, he would have. But he, I wish I had. And I, I could have gone and kept playing. I was, was 36. Okay. 2000, 22 years ago. And then I made that decision. Uh, I did a, I did three movies that summer, and then I started hosting BET Live, and then I knew that I was it. it. That was done. Yeah, that was it. Yeah.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What about Pip? You know, I mean, obviously, super talented. You know, last year on his book tour, he was saying a lot of different things. Uh, Let me tell you, man. Person and a player. Um. Yeah, just though. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I said it's over. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I got one. Pip, literally with me, uh, we went to eat. When he first came in the lead, I would trade tickets with him. Uh, I met Lhasa uh, when he told me how he met her. I mean, it was, this was it. And he was always different, quiet, standoffish. Now when I see the interviews, you know, it seems different. And then he was selling his weed, and my boy put me on FaceTime. He's like, hey, uh, and I was like, hmm, I, I don't know what that is. You know what I'm saying? So I keep it moving. But Pip, I used to say, was the most skilled player I ever played mm-hmm. with. Because one, his arms come to here. He can dribble it, shoot it. He had an unbelievable basketball IQ. And everybody thought I was saying it was better than Michael Jordan. No, it's what Michael needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I play, you know, Michael needs a lot. You know, because it's one basketball, and it was five guys in the way. Um, but I used to think he was so scared. Phil Jackson used to say the same, and then he said Phil was racist, um, which I thought was crazy. Um, I did. I, I still think it's crazy. I don't think Phil is racist. I think um, he's a white guy born in South or North Dakota, in the, born in the forties. So you're gonna you're gonna get a remnant of somebody born from that time, but it, far from being a racist, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his uh, I like his dreadlocks, kind of, kind of. He's trying a lot of looks, He's trying it. I don't know, I don't know, Stack, about the dreadlocks. No, I can't do dread. That team. Yeah. Best team ever? By far the best team ever. Even though Golden State won 73, they lost a chip. Mm-hmm. So... Um, to get that far and not win the chip, not good enough. They win the chip, they're the best team ever. Ever, yeah. Because you allowed to focus. The yeah. Yeah, allowed to focus. To Kang. Gary Payton said one time that in the 96 finals, that if he would have guarded MJ the whole time, it would have been a different story. Remember? Who said this? GP, friend of the program. Any truth to that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give you my Michael Jordan impression. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did on the tip. Well, shit, right? Gary something. He's my, he's my guy. If they spread out, which we didn't do, and let Michael do it, he would have been in foul trouble first quarter. You're not guarding this guy. Look, we, we had to have rules when he caught the ball. And no one got mad when their man scored. We just knew that if Michael wasn't scoring, he was going to implode that squad. So we knew that. When we went up to play in Seattle and uh, (laughs) we lost, the next day those guys were out on a boat playing cards. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay, we lost a game. That's, That's it. That was a game. So... These guys are probably at home watching film. Michael was relaxing, chilling. And we lost the second game, uh, game five. We was like, okay, let's go home. Let's not stretch this any further. Let's finish them. And I don't know what they were thinking, but Michael was thinking of killing everybody uh, on that squad, and he did in game six. Mm. So him thinking that he can guard Michael, I, he would have been in foul trouble. Fair enough. After winning in 96, you played, you had a few years overseas. What was that like? No, nah, man, I had six weeks. Six <laughs> weeks. Yo, man, I, I came here. 
I shot a pilot, the John Sally show for Buena Vista was coming on Fox. I was going to make, uh, I was going to make NBA money now. And I was the executive producer. It was a late night show. It, it was, it was on and popping. And then, um, Jerry Krause told me that he can only pay me 365,000. Michael was making 300,000 a game. I said, dog, I, I can't go to dinner with him. He's gonna, he's gonna kill me for taking 365. Even though I knew they were gonna win, I, I wouldn't do it. So I took uh, the money to go to Greece. I should have, should have gone to Italy. If I would have gone to Italy, I would have never left. Y'all, y'all would not be, I already knew that. I knew if I went there, I wasn't leaving. But man, I get there, and this coach was Tony uh, uh, Tony Kukos's coach, and he told me that if Michael Jordan played in Europe, he would only average 16 points. I got a flight. I was like, oh, yeah, they doing crack over here. <laughs> I shook that one. Like yeah, man. Yeah, they doing crack over here. I know a crack addict when I see one. And then, uh, but <laughs> we went to eat, and they would eat as a team like I was in college. And so I'm sitting there looking at these guys. I just won my third championship. So I did some amazing things, and I was like, why did I come over here? Like, why did I do this? It, it had to be just for money. And, you know, and I wanted to see Europe. Um, and I knew I was going to start my show in March or in, in April. So I, I said, I can play here until March, make $3 million and do my show. And after six weeks, man, I was like, yeah, I got to get out of here. So I escaped and I, as soon as I got back to America, I kissed the ground. I, I remember getting on my knees. You would have thought I was the Pope, man. I kissed the ground and got up. I was so happy to be back. Um, but it was an experience. I literally had to sneak out of the country. Mm. Yeah. It ain't easy to sneak with your size. No, I, I'd act like I was picking somebody up from the airport. Uh, and uh, I had my driver. I said, yeah, I'm picking this girl up from the airport. Man, you're amazing. Your wife just left. I go, yeah, you know, you got to keep them coming, you know. <laughs> the next day, and I said, man, she should be, let me go check this out. And uh, I had sent all my bags back already with my wife. She had left oh, two plan. days early. Plan. Yeah, and then I flew to London. I stayed awake because I just knew there was going to be some Greek guys beat me up in the hotel. And then I got back to Miami, and that was it. That's six weeks. Um it was it was it was a trip. I'm gonna tell you, if you ever go to Greece, uh, the most gangster place you ever go is is Egypt. Um, they 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 you look Egyptian. I don't know if you ever heard that, but you look Egyptian. Spanish, uh, Spanish Puerto Rican. He look. It's no, a lot, it's a lot of nationalities he can pass for. Take him to Egypt, and they gonna start talking to him in Arabic. Uh, <laughs> but this is how gangster it was in Egypt. I was sudden I looking. And I don't have my ticket, but I'm, you know, they don't send you a ticket ahead. And I get there and I go, what's up? And there's this one place you got to take your bags through. And there's gangsters there. There's no cops. The cops are gangsters. And uh, where's your ticket? I go, at the counter. He goes, you know, you got to have a ticket. It's going to cost you $20 for the ticket. So I had to pay $20 to get my bags through. Then go and get my ticket. And I sat there. I was like, oh. This is the way it is. Yeah, it cost me $100 to get on the plane. 
On I top was of like, your ticket. On top of my ticket, it took me, the guy taking the, the bags, I'm trying to push my own bag. He's like, no, 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 you don't do that here. I said, no, I got it. He goes, no. Took my hand off it, gave it to this guy. He caught it. He said, tip him. I tip, and I was like, what's the deal? He was like, that's the only way you get out of Egypt. But it was like that in Greece, too. Greece was gangster. They were like, if they can get it, they would get it. They're going to get it. I, know you, I went to Mykonos one time, and the little kids on the street <coughs> come up to you in packs, looking for money, patting your pockets and shit. Yeah. Almost had a backhand one. Yeah. You, you, you would have been backhanded. You would have looked like like Bernie Max walking through that joint, <laughs> <laughs> smacking people. For real. 2000, you joined the Lakers. First impression of getting to uh, the LA. That, that all-world team that you joined. Well, my favorite player is Elgin Baylor. That's why I wore a 22, one of the reasons. And so I told him the game said, was a lot different, but I see him being your favorite player. Yeah, man, the game was totally different. And I had that twenty-two on, and I don't know what happened, man. John Black wasn't paying attention. I saw, it. I knew it was hanging in the rafters. And then he, then he was like, "No, no, 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 Sal, come on!" And the guys had to make me a New Jersey and gave me number sixteen. And uh, I was going like this, and then uh, I called my brother, and I said, "Yeah, man, I had my jersey on today." He goes, "How's it feel to have yellow?" Because in my brain in Detroit, you know, those are yellow backs. Like, they're punks. Like, do you wear a yellow jersey? Like, you wearing yellow, Johnny? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm wearing, I'm wearing yellow. Can you believe that? I said, there's some purple in it, but it's yellow, for real. <laughs> it's yellow. And we used to say that in Detroit. Like, if you see a yellow, when they take their jersey off, they offending you. Like, you want to hit every single one of them. I did the same thing with red, red and white. I could red and white just... When I put it on, I just kept looking at it, and I called my brother again. He was like, "I don't know, man. You're changing. I can't. I can't it's believe soft, you. Huh? Yeah, like, what are you gonna do with that red, with that yellow on? I thought they wore white jerseys. I just remembered they were always yellow. Um, my brother-in-law stole my jersey after we won the championship, though. I was looking for it, and uh, my jersey was missing. I know where it's at. It's in Detroit, gangster. Twenty-one-year-old Kobe. I told Michael, man. I, I, 27, Kobe was unbelievable. But at 21, we would go to, we would go, we would go eat, and then he had a VCR, and we would watch. He would have just Ooh. everything Kobe. Ooh. He would have everything cut up of all these plays, but he had everything on Michael, every single move. Um, he would watch. There was guys like Michael Ray Richardson, which they won't mm -hmm. talk about in the NBA. He would watch all the dudes who would who would do things, and I and I remember saying that. I was like, you should just watch your pops play. Because Jelly Bean, to me, was, was the only thing that happened with Jelly Bean was Dr. J. If, if Dr. J was not there, we'd be talking about Jelly Bean mm. Bryant. Like he he was nice. gangster, too. Okay. So uh, I would watch film with him. I even I went to the studio with a man to, to hear his record over here at the Sony studio. And uh, he was the first person I saw with a matte black car. Everybody else thought it was dirty. I realized it was, it was, it was wrapped. <laughs> And it was it, it was black on black. He loved everything black. His room, his bedroom was black and black on black. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, he was a, he was a different cat, man. His, I thought the record was good. You know, who am I? I thought I, I thought the kid did a good job, and then he got clowned and stepped away from it. But we played one on one every day, and I beat him because I'm seven foot, and I the game was to seven, and I get the ball first because I'm older. And I would just back him down, score, let him score, back him until 
he realized, I said, dude, I'm never going to lose this game. It's like, no, we can't fact check that, so we're just going to let that slide. Oh, uh, you know, matter of fact, when I was on the Best Damn Sports Show, you know, if you're a wonderful studio, I heard Showtime got some money. Um, <laughs> if they want to pay for it, I got him to say it on camera. Oh, really? Yeah, I got That's him dope. to say it on camera. He's like, so I'll beat me. He said he's seven foot. I said, yeah. That's dope. But I ain't going to lie. Beat him every day. That's what's up. Right. How was the Shaq and Cobra's relationship in your eyes? It was great. I, I got so I was filming behind the scenes, and when Kobe twisted his ankle, you know Shaq was carrying him. I just think uh, it got to the point, and Shaq said it was his fault. Like he was listening to people who Shaq no longer listens to, mm-hmm. who they they were saying things like he's getting all the commercials, he's getting all this. It, that wasn't the truth. Yeah, I didn't see it, not the first year, mm-hmm. and I don't think it it became something until the third year. Right now, me and Matt talk about this all the time, about how it's, how it's important that these teams have a vet or somebody that played mm-hmm. the game on these sidelines. You was 35 at the time? Yeah. How important was it for you to be there and, to, and how important is it to have vets on the sideline for young guys, especially because you had Kobe at a, at a young yeah. age? Yeah, well, they called me sensei because I was literally just took over for what AD was teaching me. I remember I had Devin George. I took him to get a facial. Uh, I said, those little black marks on you, there's no freckles. Those, that's called blackheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got braces, and you couldn't tell him. Man, he already had green eyes. You couldn't yeah, tell him yeah. nothing, boy. In LA? Yeah, he was, he was, Devin was my guy. But um, when you have a vet that, I would say this too. Hey, we go going to the club. You got 20 minutes. Like they would want to, we ain't staying all night. We doing, we hopping. And, um, you know, we here for a reason, not a season. So Mm -hmm. get what you're looking for and we back out and watch what you're doing. Don't sit around buying drinks because people see you drinking. They're going to do what they did did Charles Barkley. They're going to say something. They're going to get in your face. Um, Also, it's just keeping them focused the way everything was. Uh, and how, and like, hey, because Phil was so, like he said, he expects you to be professional. So when guys would seem like they were moving a certain way, they're like, nah, we're we here to win a championship. And it was from the beginning, you say, we're here to win a championship. You're not here, we're going to play hard. No, Mm-mm. we're here yeah. to win a championship. That, Period. That's the only reason we're here. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid so we can win a championship. Um, my first time smoking weed was in Sacramento, obviously. Surprise, surprise. And uh, it was the first time I slept eight hours, too. And I got up, and it was... So you tried this year, your, 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 that my year? Senior, yeah. My, oh, my senior year, yeah. My senior year. My last year. My senior, my senior, senior year. senior year? Yeah, my, I was a senior citizen. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> my last year, and I remember I got on the bus with five minutes to go without a jersey. And just just a sweat top on. And they were like, yo, what's up, vet? What's up, vet? And I went to my teammate, I won't divulge. And I was like, and when he gave it to me, he was like, Sal, this the chronic now. Mm. <laughs> I was like, man, give me that. And man, my left leg became my right leg. And I was feeling on myself. I was outside doing yoga. I was in, in warrior pose. I was bending backwards. I was like, man, if I had this mm-hmm. from the beginning in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> it was that Laker team, man. That's funny. But it was, it was uh <laughs> it was cool because I remember Kobe 
proved AC Green he was not to be played with. They went in the shower area and had a wrestling match. Kobe dipped him? Yeah. Kobe got him in that headlock, and that's a big-ass head to get in the lock. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, Iron Man too. Yeah, Kobe didn't get activated in his eyes. <laughs> I don't know how, but he got AC in the headlock, and AC was like, "All right, all right, cool. I'll leave you alone." Uh, it was that kind of thing. We did, it, there was no punches thrown, uh-huh. nothing like that. No. Shaq that year, MVP, thirty points, fourteen rebounds. We, I mean, I think you know, with all due respect to Wilt, Shaq was the most dominant player because he went up against more bigs that were bigs. Thoughts on Shaq and just that season in particular with him. Let's go back. Let's go back. I knew I, I saw his face when you said that. The most dominant player ever, uh, ever was Wilt Chamberlain. Let me tell you why. He scored 100, bro. That was what I was going to say. He scored 103. And they told him he couldn't dunk. Imagine. That's tough. Touch skill. I'm asking you this, though. But Shaq is the most talented big man I've ever, ever seen. And this was a trip. Shaq. To me, when he was mad, everybody was in trouble. And Phil knew how to keep this mm-hmm. dude pissed off. He knows how to, yeah. Yeah. Buttons, he knows how to push them buttons. It's different for everybody, too. That's yeah, he, he would mention up. weight. He would mention, he would say all kind of things sly. And then uh, I remember I would come up to him and I'd say, hey, uh, Shaq needs a break today. Like, he needs a break. For what? He's out of shape. I said, not today. Not today. Because you could tell Shaq come in and he didn't want to hear it. You know, me and Travis Knight was going to get the butt of him backing up and elbowing and trying to dunk on people. But I just knew when Shaq would need a break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he need a break. He was like, all right, you're going to play tonight. I, not that much of a break. <laughs> <laughs> you paid me a million three, you paid him 30 million. Play him, but, yeah. but be nice. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> I got a question, though. Back to the Wilt thing. I feel numbers don't lie, but they can be detour from a standpoint of on a consistent night. Every, was he playing against someone who was close to his size at least, bigger than six eight, bigger than six ten? Every like because you think of the era that Shaq ran through with all the big body guys he had to go against. I don't ever discredit Wilt because his numbers yeah. are incredible, it but I don't Bill feel Russell. like That's I don't feel like on a consistent basis he was playing against real centers. Uh, I could be wrong though. Yeah, well. You used to be allowed to, remember, these guys are playing with canvas and rubber on the bottom. And they, you, you never played in the Boston Garden. Mm-hmm. And so in the Boston Garden, before they became the new Boston Garden, it seemed like they just put the parquet wherever they yeah, wanted. Spots. I played there. It was, it was the worst thing to ever play on. Yeah, we both did. Yeah. Oh, it was the worst court ever yeah, to play on. everywhere, dog. Yep. And you play, I just look at the, their life was different and rougher. But I look at like, Wilt Chamberlain had this unbelievable fadeaway. And there was no way you were going to stop his finger roll, which looked to be the worst shot ever. But it worked all the time. He shoot that shit like this. Yeah, he, he, would, he would do all kind of, and he was. Like this too, he'll go back. Yeah. Right on. He was right long the- and lanky and, and strong as, as mm-hmm. hell. Athletic? Man. But like Shaq, if we ran a regular offense, Shaq would have scored 40 a game. Mm. Like we needed a triangle so everybody else could get the yeah, ball. Yeah. And and so they wouldn't just focus on it. But the Shaq, I remember I went to chiropractor every day. 
<laughs> me and Dr. Tom Marinaro were best buddies. Like after practice, I go right Third Street. He would put my neck and back in order, and then I go home. He would just leaning against him. And I told him, I, I, I was behind him each time because Phil would call out certain calls. I would just stand behind him and hold him and then move him into position, right? And I was like, he was like, why can't I just, when they throw the ball there, just back right here? I said, you could, it's not the play. And that became Shaq's play. Mm-hmm. If you came down and you threw it in the corner, you was about, you were about to foul him. There was no way of stopping him. Um, when I saw Shaq dunk on Yao Ming, I stood next to Yao Ming. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. I probably did all my pinching shit and, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, pull your job strap, pop it and all that kind of shit. And I I would I would literally like grab guys under air, under hair arm, shit like that. Anything. Anything to get you to throw a punch. And if I if you miss, I'm just gonna look at the ref. Like, ref, what's I'm so angry. Get him out of here. What if they yeah. connected? Um <clears throat> well I, I studied martial arts for a long time. Okay, so you began. And I boxed for a long time, and I'm a, I'm a non-violent um, jokester, but no one ever threw a punch at me. I remember I, I told one guy, I, I told Alonzo, I said, swing at me. I said, I, I promise you, I, you should swing at me. I said, you will. <laughs> you should swing at me. You should swing at me. <laughs> that reverse psychology. Yeah. Hey. It might get you thinking oh, for a second, like, you know, this motherfucker might have something. Yeah, and I remember we just started messing with him. I said, Dennis thinks you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> and Dennis would, you know, Dennis had asthma, so he, you know, he's breathing funnier. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong with y'all? I said, he thinks you're cute. Just, hey, nah, I seen the video. Uh, Dennis Brown was standing straight behind him, and he go, and uh, Zoe comes out the game, he looking at the, you a sick motherfucker, man. You sick, you are sick. <laughs> Dennis is like, any way to get in, he's like, I don't know, look at his calves. Got great calves. Look at his calves. Your calves are great. How'd you get calves like that? Alonzo was like, y'all are sick. <laughs> but like Oakley, Oakley, Oakley would want to fight me all the time too. Uh, but that that guy, you have to, he would punch you in the face. You gotta watch yourself. Keep that left up. You gotta keep that left up. And his fingers are already ready to fight. You mm-hmm. just walk like this, he's ready to make Oak? a fist. Yeah. Oh man, I've been around him too. I talked to him yesterday, actually. <laughs> Oak was mad. You call it quits in the early 2000s. You reflect back four rings. You got to play on the Bad Boy Pistons, the great, arguably the greatest team of all time with MJ. And then you got to see Shaq and Kobe. Uh, when you look back on your career, what do you think about? I think when I look, I do this a lot. I go back, I would have done more push ups, more pull ups, more chin ups. I would have started yoga earlier. I would have literally. God bless Adrian Dantley for working on my diet since I was a rookie. Um, I would have shot more jump shots. Um, that's what I would have done. I would have. I would have literally made my outside game to the point where they had to let me shoot. Um, when I go back, I should have made Phil sign me for the second second time around. Uh, I should have, should have had a conversation about that. But I look back at my career and somebody said, man, if you would have played harder, you would have been an all-star. I was like, I'm a champion. Plus, I got to go to the parties mm-hmm. <laughs> and sleep in mm-hmm. on Sunday and sell my ticket. I mean, uh, give my tickets to mm-hmm. someone else. Uh, <laughs> always was the hustle. And, but I look back at it and I go, I, I had really good teammates. Um, 
I loved, I loved every team I played on. I learned something each time uh, in my career that's bettered me in my adult life. Mm. Yeah. Acting. Yeah, man. I know you're good at it. Let me just tell you, I watch your show. Here we go. And that time you did that scene. For Dame? For da- who? Yeah. You called me. You told me. I called you. I did. You called me. That was... You have no idea that people go to acting class for five, ten years and couldn't do what you did in that second. I'm telling spot. you, it like that can't do it, dude. I, I've I've gone to auditions and I walked in and I'm looking and guys look at me and look around. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get this. And then Terry Crews would walk in. I, I would walk out because I was well, Terry's gonna get this, and he would get every single role, but. I love that to me, that was the closest I got to basketball is that competition. Mm-hmm. Going to work with my acting coach, Ivana Chubbick, who was the greatest, go work with her, get something, and then go and do a piece. And whether I got it or not, I'm thinking, well, I killed that one. They should have picked me. Like when I did Sneakerella, mm-hmm. I they told me it was Kevin Garnett and, and and Amari Stoudemire and all these other people. I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. I'm about to go and kill this piece. It took me like three days to work on it, and then I just had to relax. But but in acting, man, the, the cool thing about acting is you're playing a character. And I just heard Denzel Washington say that one time. And so I never walked in as John Sally. Mm. So I have no ego with the role. Remember, they were talking about Will Smith playing in Six Degrees of Separation. And Will said his biggest mistake was he didn't go full, he didn't do exactly as the strip said because he was more worried about being Will Smith than the character. But then you run into Halle Berry in Munster Ball, who wasn't Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. She was the character. Mm-hmm. And when you give in to being the character, greatness, that the great, you're right, the great stuff happens. Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx. Like, y'all have Kevin Hart on. I love Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is my favorite entertainer right now because he's doing more than just acting. Mm-hmm. He's, he's being an entertainer, mm-hmm. and I, I love that about him. What has been your favorite role? Do you love playing yourself or playing, well, Fletcher? You play yourself? I love playing Fletcher. So in L.A.'s Finest with Gabrielle Union and Je- uh, Jessica Alba, um, I got to play Fletcher on L.A.'s Finest, uh, I think, seven times. So... I love playing a character because I literally can take it as far as I want because right. it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell anybody wanting to act, be the character. When you and I did, uh, what was that show with uh, Laura London? Yeah, yeah. No, on BET. We don't even remember the name of the show. But we sitting there, the Matt was like, we, yeah, the game. And we were sitting there and you were like, uh, do we got notes? I was like, nah, let's just... Freestyle. We'll know when the camera's on. Mm-hmm. When they tell us the camera's on us, let's just act like some something we heard, a scene, uh, and it's going in your brain. Just make sure you hit the marks, and and you watch. And not, like you hear Jamie Foxx sitting around talking about uh, when they're on set, and there's Leonardo DiCaprio and this Samuel Jackson, and just watching guys go through their uh, a great movie to watch is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That is how this acting thing is. It's, it's you want to get out. And every time you watch it, you say, I should have done it again. I should have done, done this. I don't like that. So I go in 
and my and if I know we're going to shoot it and how many times we're going to shoot it, I know when the camera's over here, that's my POV. When the cam and I'm giving it to you every single time the way I want it to come out. And when I look back, like I love Sneakerella because in my brain, that's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Disney my Plus. brain, even though I was playing an ex-ball player, that's how I think the character would have acted. So it was easy. Somebody who's starting in acting like myself or other people and they ask you for some advice, what would you, what would you give them? Um, when you get on set, when, when it's your turn on set, that's your turn. When it's not your turn, watch. Sit with the camera guys, sit with the focus pullers. Um, don't touch anybody. Don't give anybody hugs, bounce everybody. That's a, that's a hint for now, just because a hug, chick may have a bad day. He touched me wrong. Mm-hmm. Bounce everybody, respect everybody, but literally know everybody's job. So like your cameramen here are terrible, but besides <laughs> these horrible cameramen, there's some really good ones. Now, ask them questions. Like, why is that a 17? Why is that 35? What's that one shooting? Uh, Danny, Danny DeVito, man, has been a friend of mine since I got to Hollywood. He let me come watch him direct. And he had three cameras working at, at a time in a movie, which is, they didn't do that a lot. And I had to watch him control all that piece. Then when I was shooting Eddie, Whoopi Goldberg, we shot that in, um, in North Carolina. They watched the dailies that night before they sent them out. After shooting 14, 16 hours, they go back and watch what they shot. I went, sat and watched them. They go, why are you watching dailies? I was like, I want to see if I'm going to get better as this movie goes on. And like, there's great writers. When the writers are sitting around and you see them in the writer room and you keep seeing the script change, go in the writer's room. Like, ask them what they're thinking about. Because you might get more lines too, especially if they think they're writing for you and this is how you would deliver it. The script is a living thing. You may have one line in the beginning of the movie, and if they see that you're a character, you might end up with way more lines. So it's competition too. Don't think it's not. You're competing against every other actor there, whether they want you to believe that or not. And you're, this job is only an audition for your next job. Mm. You told me you got some stuff for me too. I do. I got I got a movie for you that I'm is excited. Yeah, and that's another thing. I always excited. think movies. I love sports movies, but I like uh, I like movies that literally take you out of what we're known to do. Like like that's why I love Kanye because mm-hmm. he proves he said I can be a designer. I don't have to just be a a rap star. I can be a I can be a rock star and a designer. I like that piece. Mm. Fatherhood. Yeah. Wow. What's that like for you? It's uh it's amazing. It is an amazing thing to literally have kids and then watch them make their choices in life. And I'm big, you know me. When my my daughters that they, they know not to come to me with anything because everything I tell them is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Where you go is the choice. Who you're around, who you who you're with, that's all a choice. Um, I try to give them as many as much wisdom as a sensei would give them. They obviously only one or two listens, but uh, <laughs> that's that's that part. And I think every day, man, I used to sleep hard. I sleep light because now I got to keep my phone on. Mm-hmm. But 
uh, I love my daughters. My daughters are probably the best daughters of anybody's daughters ever. <laughs> I, I think they're saying about my, about my... Really? Yes. Yeah, your daughter's not as cool as mine, though. I think so. I think we need to have a cool-off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool-off. <laughs> Cannabis space. I know yeah, this but... is a space you appreciate now. Talk to us about what you're doing in the space. Uh, my daughter, Tyler, is the CEO of Deuces 22. Um, we can't call it that in Detroit. One guy got my name. He's, he's tough on it, too. So it's called Spider 22 in Detroit. And... Uh, High Time says she was in the top 50 women in cannabis, which is cool. Irish, sis. Yeah, man. So I got, we, we finally found a grower out in Cathedral City to, for our weed. And we own a packaging company. Uh, it just happens to be the package that the weed goes in. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and that's the way I had to make it, a packaging company, because you can't put weed money in the bank. Uh, we ain't make no money yet, but we're about to. God willing, the creek don't rise. Inshallah. And and we only do flour. I was going to, we were going to start with pre-rolls. They dried out, and I don't want a bad product. Um, and I don't want my weed to literally taste like everybody else's. I want you literally to get it. Where'd you get this? So I believe in boutique growers. And what we get, we get. If I can get 30 pounds of great weed, that's what we put in a, in a container. If I can only get 10, that's what we put in a container. And we're literally developing the brand to sell the brand from when the Canadians come in and buy it. When they, when they, but we had to, I think brands are the future of, of cannabis because there's so much out there and there's so much trash out there. Mm, I've yes. never gotten bad weed from Steven. He always say that. You, <laughs> I, I've I never, magazine. Yeah, I've never gotten bad weed from you. That is, that is a wonderful thing. Um, and then everywhere Viola went, remember I would show yeah, up. Yeah. And I, and I guess, I guess our Harrington realized I was like, yeah, you, <laughs> what you doing? And when he do it, I said, how's that going? No, oh, man, I ain't doing it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. If Viola didn't do it, I wouldn't do it. And so we just decided, let's make it simple. Let's just be connoisseurs of cannabis. And then my daughter's show comes out. We put a show together of the making of this brand. I, I know how to do TV, so. You know, I grabbed the cameras, like I'm gonna grab two of your cameras out of here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we just, everywhere we we could go and film, we did. Just so we can help destigmatize cannabis. That's important. Yeah. Well, you got a uh, title for the show? My daughter's show? Yeah. Um, I was gonna call it Making a Brand, but so many people had that name of it. Um, I think we're just gonna call it Deuces 22, the making of a, of a cannabis brand. Yeah, I think that's that. right. Yeah. Check it. I got my own streaming service too. I've been watching y'all and watching everybody. So I hooked up with this company called Altered. Uh, my man Black Mike introduced me to him, my boy Josh. And uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, yeah. And you so I, yeah. I, I said, uh, that's what the block is, right? So I got a, I got a one that deals on with, wood on what? Are oh, you talking about the CTV stuff? Yeah. Uh -huh. I got, when I started realizing I could make my own, that if I put it on um, another network, I'm not going to say the name because they don't mm -hmm. pay me, mm -hmm. YouTube. Um, no, if I go on there, I'm not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. uh, I should control the ads. Mm -hmm. And at this time, if, if rap artists can control, if Chance the Rapper can control everything, why do I have to submit to anybody 
but my own thing. Mm. I tried to get with Showtime, they just never called me back. <laughs> Showtime, <laughs> a little bougie sometimes. Yeah, you know, they said we got this show called All the Smoke. What, <laughs> what do we need with you? <laughs> what kind of shows do you watch in your spare time? What kind of stuff are you into? Uh, I'm into everything that deals with Egyptology. I watch, uh, which was developed by the Greeks, uh, by the French, long story. The uh, anything with redoing a house, mm-hmm. and I watch football like a maniac. I love football too. Who yeah. you want? <sighs> because the Cowboys just huff, just puff again. You... We won last night. Congratulations. We won. We're two and one. What's the 49ers record? One and two. Yeah, one and two. Oh, opposite. I love Debo. Mm-hmm. Debo is my favorite. I just got to get him the ball. That's the problem. There's only one ball. Uh, I like any team Tom Brady is on, but I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. So watching the game the other day, I was like biting my fingers, like I had something to do with it. But I like I like everything Tom Tom Brady does. How can you not? Yeah, he makes you better. Quick hitters, piece of advice you would give your young self, your younger self. Excuse me. Become vegan <clears throat> earlier and do yoga. Uh, two hours a day. Two hours. That's a long time. So I'm have I'm dealing with back stuff, and everybody telling me you got to do yoga. Yeah, you got to also. I can stop your back pain. Um, you have lower back pain. My bottom disc is gone. Oh, who told you that? I went and got to see the doctor. So it's it's removed. Yeah. Yeah. So you should get colonics. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. The reason your bottom disc is gone is your lower intestines is full of crap. So all the water that your lower intestines is looking for, it starts grabbing it from the closest places. That's why you're lower. So your disc is only water. Now, once you clear your body and it's not leaching water from that disc and you extend your back by doing yoga, it, the disc will fill back up with water. Okay. Mm, dang. You, 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 you committed to get a cup? Don't worry, it's $60. Nah, I'm cool, but I'm going to drink a lot of water, though. That's, that's going to make it work. So if you drink so water, drink it got to be spring water, and you got to put uh, baking soda in it. So you remember, when we water. drink water, we don't absorb it um, if it's just plain water. If you have sea salt or a little bit of baking soda in it, then your kidneys, because you only want to drink water to absorb it so your body can use it. But if it doesn't have anything in it, it goes straight to your bladder. But if it's going to make me healthier, I do a colonic. I ain't tripping. No, yeah, you you gonna feel great. I might not like how it feel, but I know I'm gonna feel great. So you need at least three to kind of get the man. How you know? Because I've done it before. Uh, oh yeah. wow! Flatten your stomach. Why, why you acting like this stuff new to me? Give me some information on it. He don't want you to live. He don't want you to live. He's looking for a new co-host. Oh, okay, okay. He's trying to get new co-hosts because you know I carry the show, and you know I've been my me and my group have been watching it. Why do I need anybody else? That shit, Bonzi said was hilarious. <laughs> even, even though it was the second time you said it, yeah. that shit was still funny as hell. Anyway. When, I, when I went to uh, O Block in Chicago, he's like, I was hoping you got robbed. <laughs> 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 Shout out to Bozzy. His episode is going to be amazing. Can't wait till y'all see that. Top five comedians ever. Ooh. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, um, Lenny Bruce, and uh, Cat Williams. Nice. That's a nice five, boy. 
You tell me. You tell, well, you know, let me go back. My role. I got to drop Lenny Bruce out. Bernie Mac. Yeah. Mm, we just watching that the other night. Bernie, the, the reason I say comedian because Bernie Mac was, it didn't seem like he was doing a bit. It just seemed like he was talking. Mm -hmm. But Cat Williams, he is, is, Cat Williams is brilliant. And uh, I love, and right after that would be Earthquake. Corey Holcomb literally had me laughing so hard on my podcast. He said something and I, I didn't want to laugh on camera. And I just, because it would have been unfair and I would have been canceled, which I got anyway. But uh, <laughs> Corey, uh, Corey will make you, uh, he, is, he is brother comedian for real. I like Dion Cole too. Dion is hilarious. I'm doing a comedy roast for my 45th birthday. I'm going to have Matt as one of the roasters, so you can help me pick the rest. I'll be one of them. Jim, I'll be you know, one of John them. got a smart yeah, ass yeah, mouth. You already know that. I'm yeah, but I, I want them to like me. You know, I turned down every roast they brought to me because I said, you know, when people watch it, they think you really saying that. They don't know it's written for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they heartless. Oh, they can't write my shit. Nah, I got my no, own. This bullets. is gonna be real. Oh. <laughs> I got <laughs> mad Mike Epps so far. So. Oof, Mike Epps gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah Mike. Say, say gonna do it. Who can say oh. be doing? He be talking about me and all this uh, stand up oh. stuff. <laughs> he said to do it. Stuck on the island. Three shows. Are movies in rotation? Stuck on an island. Which island? Uh, the most incredible one. No women, though. Then you shouldn't. You then kill me. <laughs> the most incredible island. No women. What it was on Hawaii Five O. Oh yeah. Island. Uh, okay, so if I were to be on an island, movies first. Either or. Three movies or shows. Oh, shows, man. I would get Sanford and Son. Gotta have Classic. that. I would get Good Time. You big dummy. And I would have Martin. Classics. Right? Classics. If I was doing movies, I would do The Godfather's Saga, Star Wars Saga, and all the Spike Lee's movies. Starting lineup including yourself of your past teammates in their primes. Isaiah, uh, um, this one you gonna have a hard one. Mm -hmm. Who would my teammates be? Your all-time starting five. You can either include yourself or not. Joe Dumas, Isaiah Thomas, Dennis Rodman, Bill and Bill, um, um, James Edwards, Where's and myself. What happened to John and Kobe? Oh. Or Shaq. <laughs> or Shaq. You play with all these little motherfuckers. I'm looking at you like, I fuck with Joe D. Joe D is my guy, but come on, man. That's cool because of Bichonti and then pick uh, all Pistons. I did. I just did too. You asked me for my all time, so we can win games with, with people you play with. Well, one, you got to realize when you play with Michael, you don't get to shoot. Okay. When you play with Kobe, you don't get to shoot. Win, when you play with Shaq, you don't. If I'm if Shaq is on my squad and somebody else shoot, I'm kicking him in the fucking leg. Throw the ball to big. Period. End of discussion. But if we playing, I've I've literally won games in the, with the five I gave you, so I know it. But when if I had Michael on my squad, you just you just had the best record of all time. That's so all. if I were to pick <laughs> the best team of all time, if you were to say if you were to say to me. But that was the problem, because Kobe has to be on the squad. They can't play together. They cannot. That, that'd, be the, that'd be overkill, 
and they wouldn't be able to perform. Right. They wouldn't win. Right. But if I had to pick it that way, I would have Shaquille at center, me at power forward, Michael Jordan. Um, I would have to have Isaiah handling the ball. And then who I'm going to have at small forward? I play small forward. I would have Scottie Pippen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's some crazy. My favorite squad would be Brian Shaw, Glenn Rice, Steve Smith. Yeah, Smitty. Uh, you know, I have this one dude uh, that that played on the team with me, uh, Willie Burton. He was he was the most fun to go out with. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet Willie was the most fun to go out with. I heard they call you Sweet Dick Willie. Sweet Dick Willie. <laughs> <laughs> First thing you do in the morning, last thing you do at night. First thing I do in the morning is uh, wake up and uh, drink. Um, I drink about a liter of water with a little baking soda in it. I stretch. And then I go to the bathroom. And before I go to sleep at night, uh, I smoke a Padron cigar and I have some Elevate uh, tequila. We switching this up this time. Go ahead on, big fella. There was something I want to ask that we missed earlier. Um, favorite teammate? Brian Shaw. B. Shaw. One of the coolest guys ever. B. Shaw is the best. Just one. If you could have any guests on All The Smoke, who would it be? Jamie Foxx. Had him, Had him already. already. Great interview. You said Jamie Foxx is the best interview in television. You said him know who we want. Oh, who you haven't had? Yeah, you said his name already. There's a lot of names he said we but haven't had. Zeke. You ain't have Isaiah? But no. he said he would, too. I talked to him. Oh, yeah. Well, let's yeah. call him right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He ain't going to smoke weed. Nah, we know that. Right. We yeah, but he show. might drink some champagne. He drink something with us. Yeah. Yeah, we just want to have... Go and close us so use the bathroom. <laughs> That's a wrap. John Sally, we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Bro, thank you for coming. I through. made it. He's official now. Finally. We got a little, got a little gift box for you. Oh, y'all got gifts now? Yeah, come on. All the smoke apparel. Where can oh, get it I, oh, Where can I get, get the all the smoke dot store. For I get you out there. You mean I all the smoke dot store, but you know we had to show you some love and I know you're gonna rock it. Oh yeah, I get to be a walking billboard for free. There you go. Oh. There you go. <laughs> the business of Hollywood. Thanks. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube. <laughs> In the iHeart platform, Black Effects. Catch him on his solo. Thanks for free. Look at We'll see y'all next time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. 
lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next-day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.